Welcome to Youthfluential Live Podcast, a podcast that investigates ideas, inspirational teaching to encourage people to walk with their walk in the Lord. And also, we are influencing youth for Christ. Thank you for tuning in. If you're, we got Deacon Colin and Coach Pat here, and myself, Dr. Tony Rizzo. Nine ideas, or nine, I got nine facts concerning premarital relationships. Nine facts concerning premarital relationships. You know, this is a tough subject. I don't think really people want to talk about this subject. This is kind of a subject that actually mm -hmm. we need to talk about. We have to have this conversation. But it's not a one and done. But it's something that should be recognized that we want to do. And so, if you're a believer today, these are things that should be true in your life. As we look at it, and if you're a believer today and you're dealing with dating non-believers, okay, that's going to lead you down a path that could lead you into the nine facts of premarital relationships. If you're dating a, another person who says they're a believer, but they don't have any standards of walking with the Lord in God's sanctification and holiness and pleasing to the Lord, that could lead you down the path of nine facts concerning premarital relationships. And you say, we're going to look at that today, what that looks like. And, and I want you to leave a comment. Let us know you're listening. Number 10, believers dating unbelievers. This is a big pitfall that young people fall into. And Christian young people, every time, I, I always say every date, Pat and Colin, every date is a potential mate. Right. You see, this happens after we start dating. And every day is a potential mate. That's a true fact. If you're listening and you're like, no, that can't be. Every day is not a potential mate. Then you're missing the understanding of what a date is. A date is a guy and a girl going out to find out if they like each other. And if they like each other, they want to spend time with each other. So that's why a date can lead to a mate fall in love with each other. It won't take long to fall in love, Pat. It won't take long. It could take one day. Yeah, yeah. One day they can fall in love with each other. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was dating Becky, I met her one day. Mm -hmm. It was uh, January 1st, 1982. And we sat down and we talked and we uh, shared our testimonies how we came to know the Lord as our Savior. And boom, just fell in love. Mm. Just fell in love one day. One day. One day. Every date's a potential mate. One day, one day. Mm. And, you know, real close, real close. okay, it may not be for everybody, but it can be for everybody. And that's why you need to be aware of that. Yeah. You need to be aware that Satan is, or maybe it's a God's will thing, that you're finding your mate, and it could be a one simple date. We're talking about the right right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a couple verses. Number one, I like to say, when you date someone, mm -hmm. you have to understand who you're hanging around with. Just because they're alive and they're breathing mm -hmm. doesn't mean they're on your list of people you want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And I hear that a lot from... I don't, it's, I don't think it's a millennial thing. I think it's a normal thing. Mm -hmm. But I hear people saying, like, oh, we shouldn't condemn that person. You know, they're a person. Why do you look down on that person? I'm not really looking down. I'm just looking at ourselves to evaluate how we should live. 
We shouldn't be living around situations and people that have patterns and habits and lifestyle that can lead to trouble. Okay, here's, here's a good verse that I liked. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Very interesting verse. And this relates to dating. Chapter 15, verse 33. Check this out. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So that's the King James. The word communications means companionships. Right. Okay, so evil communications, evil companionships, mm -hmm. right? Corrupt good manners. So you may be growing up in a home where you have manners, learning how to live correctly, mm -hmm. and you get older and you find a person that doesn't live your standard, has different manners. And when it says manners, it's not talking about you eat with your mouth closed. This kind of manner is a lifestyle pattern. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to have unsafe or unbelievers as you mean. It's okay. If a person lives a life of, you know, drinking or not going to church or maybe they're agnostics, that's okay. Mm. And manners is another word for standards. Right. And so you have two kinds of standards. You have conviction standards. I cannot break these standards. And then you have preference standards. I can hang out with people that break these standards. But for me, I'm not breaking. breaking yeah. So if someone said, do you mind, um, say, smoking? Mm -hmm. Smoking won't send you to hell. Smoking will just make you smell like you've been there. So you go a bad habit. Right? So if I, if I, if I smoked, mm -hmm. that's not a standard that would send me to hell. Mm -hmm. But if I reject Jesus Christ, that's a standard I can't break. That's a conviction that I must have. Yeah. So if someone said, anybody, government, police, your mom, whatever, you have to reject Jesus Christ, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's a conviction. Right. If someone said, oh, you got to hang out with people that smoke and drink and this is where you go work at, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. My preference is I won't be doing that, mm -hmm. but I'm going to hang out with those people. This idea mm -hmm. of manners is... If you hang out with people with inappropriate manners or standards, it's going to affect how you think. How you think yeah. So and so and so that's that's and so if you take that and relate it to dating, you've got to have a conviction. The conviction is I do not date anybody who says I don't believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You have to have that conviction. If you don't have that conviction, and that's a preference. Well, they go to church. They're agnostic. They believe in God. You know, I'm happy with that. That's a preference. That's changeable. Mm -hmm. right. That's going to lead you down a path. Mm -hmm. That's going to mess you up for the rest of your life. Remember a while ago, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Or show me a dating. <laughs> show me your friend and I'll tell you who you are. Who you are. 
So those print that point that was great, man. I didn't look at it that way, yeah. but that's that's a great example to give. If people out there not listen to that example, very simple, you know. But oh, that's 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 impossible for young people to make. Today, I, and, and I don't think it's a generation it's, Z or millennial thing. I think it's you think it's media. Or, it's the idea that our parents tell us a certain thing, and that's suspect, and we have to go and change it. Mm -hmm. Now that's been going on since Adam and Eve, right? Mm -hmm. Look at Cain. I'm not going to do what Seth says. I'm not going to do what Adam and Eve says. I'm going to go do my own thing. That's been since day one. Yeah. Adam and Eve said, look, we need to bring an offering to the Lord, and he's desirous of a meat offering, which really is a blood offering. And, so, and Cain's like, I'm not doing that. Uh -huh. I'm not doing that. Why? It's my preference not to. Oh, do I want to seek God? Yeah. Look good. Dude. Changed it. Didn't have 100% conviction. Pure pressure. So the Bible calls it unequal yoke. Yeah. Right? What's well, the law of gravity? I've yes. discovered that. Yes. You know, it's so. It's going to pull you down, Pat. Yeah. yeah. It's easy That's to pull true. somebody up. It's easy to go down. Yes. It's, e it's easier to, for somebody to, to drag you down that ladder yeah. than that person pulls you up. So it's like the old Indian uh, parable? Yeah. Indian parable, you know the Indian parable where they asked him, he said, that, the Indian chief said, I had two dogs. I had a white dog and I had a black dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're both the same size. Mm -hmm. And uh, they fight. And they asked the Indian chief, well, which, which dog will win the fight? Mm -hmm. They're both equal. And the Indian chief said, whichever dog I feed the most mm. will win the fight. Mm. So that's a physical, that's a, that's a parable with a spiritual meaning. Mm. Parables and earthly story with the spiritual meaning. Spiritual meaning is whichever we're feeding ourselves with oh, flesh, yeah. is how we're going to win that fight. So you're saying it's easy to pull down, mm -hmm. to go up mm -hmm. against the unbeliever and the, and the communion of darkness. Yes. We have to feed ourselves with the word. Mm -hmm. and, the, and if we only feed ourselves Sunday morning for 45 minutes. Gonna work. That and you're and feeding yourself with you know the wickedness of the world for six days, then you're not feeding yourself correctly and you're gonna lose that. Here's the thing, Pat. I I had so many believer friends in my life. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any unsafe friends. Not one friend did I have. Not one person did I know by name that did not know the Lord is their Savior. And it was like. 20 years ago, a little less than 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and I was making some big changes in my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'm out of balance. I didn't have any friends that were not believers. And I thought, well, how am I going to leave an unsaved person to the Lord, who's a friend, mm -hmm. if I don't have an unsaved person <laughs> that's a friend? <laughs> All my friends I have were deacons, pastors, missionaries, and Bible-believing Christians. Yeah, no. I surrounded my life. So I decided, you know, I'm going to go join a, a men's basketball league. Mm -hmm. I've never met a bigger group, a bunch of heathens. In all <laughs> <laughs> but they were some of the nicest guys I'd yeah. ever met. Yeah. So, you know, I'm out in the court, and I'm hearing, you know, these curse words. Yeah. 
And I'm like, Ooh, that's new for me. I haven't heard that in yeah. ever. And, uh, but they don't hear me say that. And so they know I'm different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some guys are getting angry. That's when we all pause and stop and watch the guy get angry so he get over it. They don't see me do that. Mm -hmm. Some guys threaten. They want to they take me on. One, so one guy you're... said, you hit me again, and I'm going to kick you in the spot where you know what. You and want... he didn't say it like that. He had a couple of animated uh, so he was trying, uh, he, he was trying, adjectives in there. He was trying yeah. to push your button so you can do so. And he came right at me. Yeah. Oh. And then another guy did that weeks later. And then a third guy did that. And I thought, you know what? These guys want to go fisticuffs with me. And I'm like just trying to play basketball. Right. <laughs> so I took a break. I skipped one week. So I did that for like two years. And all the guys that didn't want to get in a fight with me became my friends. And they're my friends still today. Mm. Sat down, had coffee with them, give them the gospel, share my testimony. Some of them are businessmen. You know, I do business with them. You know, I see him in town. Mm -hmm. Were you there with me one day in the yeah, gym? So one guy came up to me. Yeah, What's yeah. going on? Yeah. You know, and you know, I developed a relationship. Mm -hmm. people. All those guys in that group, most of them, got divorced. Mm. Something about something between forty-eight and six and sixty people. They asked that. Mm -hmm. And. But you know what? I was there for them. Pray with them, encourage them, be their friend, let them know how much I appreciate them. I gave the gospel to all I could. Mm -hmm. And I prayed, and I still pray. But here's the thing. I wanted unsaved friends. Yeah. So I decided I need to get a little reinforcement. So there was a deacon at my church. Mm -hmm. um, his name's Kip Dillplane. I was his best man in his wedding, or one of his best men in his wedding. And... Um, I said, Kip, you got to join this basketball game with me. Mm -hmm. So, and Kip's a little bit bigger player. He's, he's your size, Colin. Yeah. And uh, so when you bounce into him, you, you fly off. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he's real low-key. I'm like hyper, fast, quick, you know, steal, you, steal the ball off you. And he's a little bit more stronger, mm -hmm. you know, and get the ball in. You know what? It brought him in, changed the whole atmosphere. Now we got two believers there trying to reach you know, a bunch of heathen. Yeah. That ministry went on even to this day. Mm -hmm. Those guys still reach out to me. You coming? Mm. You know, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not coming. You know, yeah. and uh, I want to show you guys off. So. But, but um, <laughs> that was a goal of mine. I wanted unsaved people in my life. Okay. Okay. So then I got into roughing. I met some unsaved heathen, big time. Oh. And then I was like, this roughing stuff's rough. I mean, I heard some. Language and make a sailor blush. <laughs> I have friends that watch this podcast. Mm -hmm. And they may not even know who they are. They tell me they're agnostics. Mm. You know what? I say you're an agnostic, praise the Lord. You need to transition from agnostics to believing in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's where you need to go next. But I'm not going to cut them off. You know, I wouldn't cut a, a person like that. But now there are people that come in my life that are very vicious verbally. Mm -hmm. And their actions are just extreme wrong. 
I don't have to explain all that, but I see them in the refing community. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, that's, I don't need to be with them. <laughs> I thought I needed to be with them. They will bring you down. Mm -hmm. That's the type that will bring you down. Yeah. If you are developing a relationship with premarital relationships, and you're having intimate relationships mm -hmm. before you get married, here's the thing that's going to happen. Number one, these are nine facts. Number one, you're more likely to break up. This is pre-marriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're having sexual relationships, intimate relationships, you're most likely going to break up. Number two, fact, if you get married, this is hard to, to, to accept. Mm -hmm. Being a virgin is better. If you get married, a male, a, a man, a woman, it's better if you're a virgin. Now, I know that it's 2021 and we're in the, we're in the uh, uh, 21st century. But here's the thing. That's not an unheard of thing to do. I'm not talking about kissing, making out, whatever, that level. I'm talking about, you know, having sexual relationships that leads to pregnancy. Being a virgin is better. If you're not a virgin, doesn't matter. God will bless you and you can have a beautiful marriage. Don't forget that I said that. But... Whether you're a man or a woman, if you're dating and you're a virgin, that's a high precious gift for marriage. And you lose that gift. Now, if you lose that gift, God forgives us of all our sins. And you can't look at that as so evil or hurtful that you, you can't have a normal relationship in life. But this is the truth. Mm -hmm. So we take the truth with love. Okay? Number three... Happy marriages. Most likely, you won't have a happy marriage if you have a premarital relationship. Number four, more likely to split up in marriage. Mm. Sexual relationships leads to splitting up. Number five, more likely to commit adultery. A lot of these are relatives, okay? They're relative, but they're specific. So, having premarital relationships before marriage leads to adultery. Some people say it's okay. I had that before I got married. What's the big deal afterwards? Mm -hmm. And a guy's thinking is, this is no big thing. And it can lead to a girl's thinking too. But more guy. Number six. A sexual relationship before marriage leads people to thinking that getting married is easy. And I call it full to be married. And mm -hmm. they marry the wrong person quickly. So, oh yeah, that, that's a good one. Because that happened a lot, don't it? When you get when you have premarital relationships, you're less likely to be satisfied in your intimate relationships after you're married. Number eight, premarital relationships leads to a poor marriage. And there's people struggling big time with poor marriages. Number nine, it spoils sex after marriage. Very similar, it's less likely to be satisfied. But sex is spoiled. So, because sex isn't about just a fleshly, pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. It's about a holistic relationship between a husband and wife growing together. 
And some people think, oh, sex, I've got to have as much as possible. Mm -hmm. and then, but really, sex is for the relationship of a holisticness, of being balanced, of being together, of being one. And see, that's God's plan. And Satan takes that plan and makes it look like that and twists it. And we need to be very careful. We don't fall, fall into the wrong desires of what sex really means is. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says in verse, let's start with verse 15. 15? Yeah. You get that? Yeah. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. Verse 16, what? The question mark. Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Paul was quoting Genesis 2, 24. Okay. Verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. With him. With the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, flee fornication, verse 18. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. So fornication is a sin that when a person commits that sin, their body is being hurt. The Bible actually says we sin against his own body. And so the scripture says that you will have a hurt in your life if we allow dating unsaved people in our lives, premarital relationships with unsaved people, premarital relationships with saved people, Christian people. I want you to listen to this verse. First Peter chapter 4. And then for 1 Peter 4 8. It's after, it's after James. Hebrews, James, 1 yeah, yeah, Peter. 4 what? 4 8. 4, four 8. eight. Mm -hmm. above, yeah. above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Okay. So we have a person who comes in our presence, in our fellowship. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're married, unsaved person. Maybe they're not married or dating unsaved people. They're having premarital relationships. They want to repent. They want to say, that's wrong. Right. And I want to live a life pleasing to the Lord. Mm -hmm. The believer, the church, the number one thing we do for a person living in sin is we love them. Right. We don't look down our nose and say, all right, this is how your life's going to get messed up. No. We know that the Bible tells us this is how you're going to get messed up. Right. And yes, there's a place for that. But our place as believers to encourage another person, whether they're a believer or not, is we love them. Tell that to your friend. You tell that to your relative. You steer them in love gently to come out of it. We'll be bringing another video shortly on relationships and influencing youth for Christ is our desire, our mission, our vision, our slogan. 
And if you like it, check it out. Check out our website, youthfluential.com. You can check out everything that we're doing on our podcast, our blog, and our video logs, our vlogs. Also, we have a book called Ready. Getting, and it's, it's about giving the gospel to your friends. Ready with every breath I take. If you'd like to have that book, just email us, request it. We'll be glad to send that to you. And I have one. It's very good. And, um, but for concluding remarks on these nine facts, you can check them out. You can look at them. And then we want to encourage you to date, if you are in dating, a believer, we want to encourage you to, if you are engaged, to hopefully you, you guys are living a life that is pleasing to the Lord and walking with Him. And, um, and if you're not, you need to definitely reconsider the decisions you're making because you could be making one of the greatest mistakes ever in your life. Alright, well thank you Brother Colin, thank you Brother Pat. It's been exciting here today to share with you our our lesson here on Youthfluential, our inspirational teaching, Influencing Youth for Christ, learning about how to live a life pleasing to the Lord. Hope you join us next time. Thank you. God bless you. Be at peace. Talk to you soon.